Welcome to Manager Tools. Use a warning order. Here we go. This cast answers these questions. How can I give my team early warning? How should I introduce changes to plans to my team? How can I increase creativity on my team? Well, if you want answers to these and more, keep listening. Folks, one of the speakers at our M conference, October 9th and 10th in Dallas this year, is Lauren Dreyer, a senior HR executive. Many of you know that Manager Tools has a somewhat interesting relationship with HR, having spent many, many years saying we hate HR. And so those HR people who have forgiven us, we have good relationships with. And Lauren is going to talk about embracing the tension, which is something that exists between managers and HR. And frankly, I think more managers ought to understand that there is tension between managers and HR. And yet you still have to have an excellent relationship with your HR business partner. And Lauren's going to talk about how that happens, why it happens, what you can do to make sure that you're getting the most out of HR and you stay on the right side of HR because they've got responsibilities that go beyond just helping you. Uh, So do come to the M conference, October 9th and 10th, Dallas, Texas. Well, Mark, the warning order is, one of my favorite Uh-oh. things in the world. I, just, <laughs> I can't believe it took us 14 years to do this, cast. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. So let's, let's get into what a warning order is. Because I, I suspect if you're, if you're in the military, then you know what we're talking about. If you're not, you've probably never heard the term. So yeah, people, people ask me all the time, hey, did you learn all this stuff as, a, as an officer in the Army? And that's sort of a two-edged sword. They're just kind of wondering what the archaeological history is of some of manager tools ideas and the short answer are we trying to turn everybody into military officers no we're not (laughs) no i learned almost nothing about being a manager in the army Uh, that's not a ding against the army i was just young and not as smart and as um learnful i guess as i could be but there are a few things uh mike and i and many others learned in the service that are powerful We've talked about one a number of years ago. We talked about the Army's writing quotient or whatever. I can't remember what, it, what what it's called, where you can figure out whether or not your writing is appropriately brief by counting sentences and uh, paragraphs and words. Uh, and it's an incredibly powerful way to quickly determine whether you're getting wordy or not. I hate to think what it would show about the words I say on podcasts. But as I say, generally, we don't. But the warning order is too good to be true. It's one of military officers' favorite techniques or systems or tools. And it's really simple. Let's say uh, you're given new guidance, a new project to work on, or you're told by your boss, a notable change is coming to an existing project or a plan or effort you're working on, uh, you go back to your office and you plan to introduce those changes in a meeting you schedule for tomorrow. In the meeting, you announce the change and you get very little back from your team in terms of ideas or creative solutions. And the reason for that is because you've had a lot more time to think about the changes than your team has. And the solution to that is a warning order, often called a warno. I think maybe that's why some people like it, because it has such an interesting name. What you do is send a warno immediately to your team, 
even within the meeting, since that apparently is okay nowadays, or the moment you walk out of the meeting and let them know that change is coming. And then when you convene, they'll have had a chance to figure out what needs to change. It's simple as that. And as we'll talk about here, this is a fairly short cast. It's a simple idea, um, but we use it all the time. The idea is by saying Warno in it, everybody understands what you're doing and they understand the idea and what it means for them and the fact that there's supposed to be some thinking and action taken around the change. Um, so that's it. It's just a simple way to communicate. It's a little bit more formal way to communicate about notable changes to work that's going on, plans, projects, efforts, ideas, whatever. And so all we're going to do today is talk about the warning order, and then we're going to give you two or three examples. Cool. That might be the shortest outline ever. Yeah, two points. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's get to it. Okay, so um, give us a little bit of the details about a warning order. Let's get into the details here. So the warning order is a U.S. military SOP, Standard Operating Procedure. Now you know that one, too. For telling your command, your troop, your squad, your ship, your wing, your organization of any size that a new mission or a change to an existing mission or plan is coming. Okay, now here's a classic example. You're an infantry lieutenant called to the company commander's tent. He's your boss for a meeting. When you get there, you're told your entire company will leave where they are right now. And they're going to do that first thing in the morning. When you had previously been told you were going to be where you are for a week, you're going to leave where you are. This is what your boss tells you. Let's say you're at a place called the ice cave and be transported about 50 miles in trucks. And then you'll have to t defend a town of civilians against, say, an Imperial Army attack. Okay. <laughs> okay. Imperial Army. Yeah, okay. You got to have a little sense of humor. Guys. Okay. Okay. And you got to be a Star Wars fan if you're going to listen for years. Apparently. Later. Apparently. <laughs> Your boss is giving you a briefing. Now, if you were in the Army, you'd be getting what is known as an op board, which is an operations order, order, which follows a certain structure, which is very helpful, by the way. You don't want too much structure, but some structure in communications helps people understand where things are. They're not searching around for a thread. They're not searching around for what comes next. They know, and they're able to process each bit uh, on its own. And an op board has situation, mission, execution, logistics, communications, and stuff in it. So your commander has already worked out the basics for his part of the organization, the entire company. But your platoon, which is your organization, has its own work to do. Yeah, sure, you're part of a company and it has 150 troops in it. But you also have your own equipment to worry about, specific guidance about all kinds of details, which the bo your boss will leave the details about your part, what your guys need to do to you because he or she has worked out the entire company, but not every single detail of your part of that. Another way to say that is you were given a company operations order, but you have to fill in the details of what that means for you guys with your own platoon, group, team, whatever it is, with an op board 
to them if you were in the military and following the structure. And again, this is a good example of what Tom Peters years ago called loose tight, which is there are some things you need to be pretty precise on, you need to be clear about, you need to follow certain patterns. In other ways, it's good to stay uh, fairly unstructured. But we found that in terms of communications, uh, if there is action or activity to be required, it's good to have some structure. It's good to be clear, uh, to really strive for clarity. And that means brevity. Uh, and it also means some structure, which is where the Warno comes in. Okay. So you've just been told about this move your company has to make. So the question becomes, what should you do the moment the meeting breaks up? It's going to take you an hour to get back to your platoon. This is the modern battlefield, even though it happened, I'm sure, in a galaxy far, far away and a long time ago. But things are pretty spread out. So you got an hour truck ride back to your team. Should you hustle back to your team and then tell them what you were told? Should you also maybe work on your platoon's operations order, what your, what your guidance to them is going to be when you bring them all together? and deliver it to them once you get back. Actually, no. What you should do first is warn them that a new mission, or frankly, any kind of change, is coming. That's counter to some, the way some people think. Obviously, other people do it, because, you know, for example, I, I don't want to brief my team. I, I don't even understand the impact. Should I, I, I'm putting myself at risk by communicating before I know what I'm doing. Yeah, they're going to ask me a whole bunch of questions. I haven't thought through the op board. I don't know really yeah, exactly. what the details are. Absolutely. I might look oh, like yeah. an idiot. I mean, I usually do, but this is another situation. Yeah. Well, one of the things we learned as lieutenants in the Army is the value of information. And the more information you can give to more people about almost anything, big picture, small picture, it doesn't matter, the more likely they are to make good choices on their own and one of the things people don't understand about the military is it's not pure command and control. There is there is command and control there, but there's a great deal of initiative, a great deal of independent freedom, a great deal of individual choice and activity. Yes, your mission of your company is going to go do this, but at any given time, the activities you as an individual making are in no way covered by any sort of formal guidance and you don't wait around to check on every single other person being okay with what you're doing. You're supposed to operate with some idea of the commander's intent and make good decisions. And the example I'll use is you have an hour. It's 10 o'clock at night, okay? Uh, you have an hour, so now it'll be 11 o'clock when you get back to your unit. And you're going to have to move out at, say, 5 o'clock in the morning. Put yourself in, in the, the shoes and the boots uh, and snow gear of one of your guys. If you were them, would you rather know at 10 o'clock, let's say before everybody goes to bed, or would you rather know at 11? Would you rather have an hour to think about what's coming and get some of your own stuff done before your boss calls you in and says, okay, here's what that means? So yeah, uh, you're, you're right. People naturally will say, okay, I've got my own work to do. It also goes to something else we've shared, and it just occurred to me, it's another podcast that calls on our military background. I mean, there may be less than five out of a thousand 
And that's called the one-third, two-thirds planning rule, which basically says whenever guidance passes down in your organizations, whatever lower levels are beneath you, whether you're up five levels from the bottom or two levels from the bottom, whatever time is left between the time you get your information and the time the activity has to start, you reserve two-thirds of that time for the lower level. Uh, And the reason for that is to keep senior people, higher level people from spending all the time coming up with plans. And the people who actually have to implement the plans at the lower levels don't get it into the last minute. And there's no plan that's going to be perfect. And the people who actually have to do it need to be respected enough to figure some things out for themselves. And that's essentially what a Warno does. It says, look, it, you're going to get a new operations order here. We're going to tell you more details about what's happening as soon as I can. But for now, you need to know, do you need to go to bed now? Do you need to get done something that you were going to get done tomorrow morning? Is there something you're working on right now because you thought you were going to be here tomorrow in the ice cave that you now no longer need to do? And if nothing else, you can stop doing that. Heck, you could start packing. So what you want to do is send your team a warno or a warning order. And by the way, when I say warno, I'm I'm reading it in our show notes, which is available to all of our licensees. And that's in all caps. Even if you were going to send a warno by text to your team or maybe your just immediate direct reports, some of the form and structure of this matters. And I'll talk more about that in a bit. But basically, you're going to send a warno and I'll tell you what's in it also in a second, but they're now no, they're going to know that they're going to get a new operations order with the change in it uh, in an hour. And they can be thinking about the change too. If you did it the other way, um, you might say, Hey, let me get this back to my team and we can hash it out together. And I got to tell you, I hear this from a lot of people when something changes, well, I got to go take this to my team and I'll brief them and we'll work it all out. Because in today's world, everybody is supposed to have a say. And actually, that's true, but everybody doesn't have to necessarily have a say at the same time. And we actually think everybody having a say is somewhat overdone. It's a, it's a cultural uh, thing that's happening in our society, but it ought not to happen quite as frequently in large organizations, because large organizations work well if you follow certain basic principles. But look, it's certainly true that some of your folks are going to have some good ideas you're going to want to include in your plans for your team. Just because if you don't do every single activity that the team is responsible to do, you don't know how to innovate on that as well as somebody who actually does that activity on a regular basis. On the other hand, so you you want that input, but but then you have to ask yourself, how good will their plans be? How good will their ideas be? If you say to them, I'm going to tell you what's changed, and then I'll immediately expect you to be creative. The answer is pretty obvious. It's not great, okay? Even if you yourself have only an hour to think through the implications of the new project, the new plan, the move to the town that you're going to defend, you're going to get smarter every minute you're thinking about it. Why deny that hour to your team? Okay. Further, if you were to come back and you haven't shared the news immediately, and in that hour you work up your operations order, your new guidance, 
and you present that op-ord to them, any changes suggested, remember, they're only learning about it the way you learned about it an hour ago, and now you're giving them all the details of a new plan. Frankly, any changes they recommend could be seen as disagreeing with you because you already have a plan. Hmm. And in fact, the plan that you're giving them, in fact, they'll be sitting there going, this guy found out about this an hour ago. He didn't tell us. He came all the way down here. He has a full new plan already worked up. There will be people in the audience, frankly, some loyal people. Your plan will be seen as a way to reduce creativity. You're basically giving your team a, a fait accompli. You're saying, hey, something changed and here it is, right? Yeah. This is the new plan and get on board. Right. You go to the meeting and find out that you're moving the next morning. Say it's an evening here right now. Um, and you find out an hour later after your boss knew that you're, you're moving and you think, oh, that's great. Cause I was just digging in my tent for the last hour. <laughs> what a waste of time that was. Gee, yeah, boss, how about a heads up? Yeah. So in either case, if you don't send a warning order and then don't do an operations order and say, you'll work it out with your team and you want ideas and so on. Or if you present them with an onboard. In both cases, these approaches don't work. And one of the reasons managers complain that their people aren't creative is because, A, they present them an entire plan and the people think, oh, okay, well, the plan's already made. I don't need to be creative. Or they're hit with new information that you, the boss, have had for much longer than them. And they, it takes them long, as long as you, if not longer, to figure out what will be new ideas and roll ideas around in their heads and so on. You know, not to go down the path of dis, but there's a lot of people who, in order to be creative, you have to give them a heads up. They need time to think about it and process it. If you ask them for ideas right after you've told them the new information, they won't respond. They have ideas. They just won't give them because one of their prime directives in life is avoid being wrong. They may have good ideas that are right, but because they haven't thought them through and figured out the risk associated with them, they don't know that they're not wrong, and so they won't voice them. Yeah, and folks, this isn't the the few nut jobs like me. This is you know, <laughs> roughly half your people are like this. Yeah, half the people in the world tend to be careful about creativity uh, and new ideas. They're just as many of them are just as creative as the rest of us. It just might take them longer, and they might come to the path, come to the solution differently. Um, so look, you want everybody to have as much time as you think, uh, as much time to think as you can give them, right? You want your team who will be implementing the plan to have as much or nearly as much time as you have to think about what's going to be done so they can provide smart input to your operations order or whatever it is you do with them that you're going to give to them. Now, the beauty of a Warno is that it's not a plan. It's just a heads up, okay? It helps others consider the implications of a change, which might cause them to immediately change what they're doing right now. And if it would cause them to immediately change what they're doing right now, it's more efficient to get the information to them more quickly. Now, I just said it's a heads up, but it's not just a heads up. If it were, you could just send heads up. Right? You could send a text to your directs that say, heads up. The reason we use a Warno is it has some structure. 
not only do you not have to think about creating it, its components are the same every time, and your people will know what components are in it every time, okay? Um, but your team doesn't miss anything that might be valuable because because if you're just dashing off a heads up and saying, heads up, we're moving, that doesn't give them as much information as you could while still being brief. Something else a lot of people wouldn't know what a heads up means. How, how serious is this? Do I actually need to do anything? Now, does a warno serve the purpose of what a lot of people would call a heads up? Yeah, it does. But again, the structure adds some value. It says there's a change that's material to us. There's a change that you will have to action quickly. There's a change... I want you thinking about, okay? Now, look, you could easily say, well, I'll just send an update, right? Update, guys, real quick. But but it's not. Updates typically suggest that passivity is the key. It's just information. It's not information with implications for a directive. Uh, when When recipients get an update, it's not a sin. Think about emails you get and even text messages that have updates in them. It's not a sin to note that you've gotten it and go back to what you were doing. Update basically suggests, even heads up too, suggests information, not activity. It definitely doesn't imply responsibility. In many cases, when I get updates from people, they're courteous. They're, they're hey, just as a courtesy, just updating you. A warno a fundamental material change in what's going to happen is different and sends a message of responsibility. So real quickly, what's in a Warno? Uh, we kind of have to set aside the military standard because I don't think we want to try to train everybody in the world, Mike, on an op board, even though op boards are great in the military. But because in this case, we have less risk than military missions, we don't need that level of detail. So all I've done is modified it. And the MT Warno has three parts, the headline, the why, and the how. And we're talking about nothing more than a sentence for each one of these. It would surprise me a great deal if a Warno had more than a hundred words, for instance. So three parts, the headline, tells your team or organization what the change is. It starts the same way every time with the word WARNO in all caps. Just like we've said in other casts, you're not gonna start using this technique. I suppose you could use it one time and then explain what it meant um, after you uh, met with everybody or communicated further. But generally speaking, remember, never introduce a new way to manage your people without first taking the time to introduce that idea to them before you start using it. And you're going to brief everybody you're using this format. They will then understand going forward that a warno is not just a heads up. It's not just an update. It means that there's some material enough change to what they're doing, and they're going to have to take actions immediately to address the change. It means pay attention. Our deliverables are changing. That's probably an easier way to say it. Right after the word WARNO, in all caps, you say what's changed succinctly. You don't need to put in the background or the politics or the implications that may or may not be obvious. Don't just say they're changing the approach to development on the budget software. 
say, budget software approach limited now to only phase one. We have to change our support plan. Okay. I mean, that says the headline, which is we're going to have to do some work. Uh, but it also gives a little bit of uh, the situation. In, in the futuristic military example, the ice cave um, example we've been mentioning, it would be leaving ice cave 0500, pack and be ready uh, no later than 0445, okay? The next part is why, and it is a short explanation of causes. In our experience, why explanations can get dangerously long uh, and may be germane somewhat to the activity, but because a warno is usually going to be followed up with a meeting or a discussion or more details, you leave the more details, the longer discussion for later um, because you don't want somebody having to read two or three pages to get a warning order because it takes too long to read it. Uh, a warno would be almost a short text or perhaps three short texts in a row. So try to keep it even to one sentence. Uh, for the software example I just mentioned, it might be future budgets tight, eliminating any spend now for future benefit. For the Hoth Ice Cave example, it might be Imperial Attack now appears to be headed towards local village versus our base. Simple, you want people to have some context, but not too much. And then lastly, the how. And this is where you, again, briefly address actions to implement the change. Not You're not going to tell them everything that's going to be different in the new reality. There's some details you're even going to leave out of your later operations order. But in the Hoth Ice Cave example, you're not talking about what the new plan is to defend your village in the how. You're briefly describing key things that might happen between now and 5 a.m. Because the Warno is about the change, not necessarily about the new mission. And usually it's limited to communications, meetings, activities around finalizing your plan to deal with the change. Um, you can't share everything because that would take an operations order or long discussions and so on. So the brevity of the warning order makes the barrier to sending it very low. What we want here is speed, not volume. If there's more information you need to share, you can do that later. But some heads up, some update, some alert uh, immediately, that's three, four, five sentences at the most, to get people who ha don't know what you know as much information to act on whatever it is you can give them. Just point them in a new direction. I go back to this frequently when I'm in the field, but we talk about sharing everything. A good warno is the opposite of a manager getting an email from her boss that explains, okay, hey, we got some changes here, and forwarding that email to her directs and simply putting an FYI in your portion of the forward. Okay, managers are not communicated to they are communicated through. We have to be able, as managers, when changes or new guidance comes down, to turn that higher-level guidance into rele relevant information and guidance for folks at our level and below. 
okay? The best way to think about this is that everything we transmit to our team should include something that said, this is what this means for us, this change, this new idea, whatever. And that's what the Warno does. Hey, there's been a change. Here's a little bit of background. And here's what we're going to do about the change in the short time span uh, before we come up with an entirely new plan. So really, it's simple. There's a headline, a why, and a how. Four to five sentences tops, easily texted. You could even do it, like I said, during the meeting when you're getting briefed. Not that we would love that, but everybody else does it too. So for the value of getting your team an early warning, it might be good to break the rules every once in a while. Are you in an organization which is currently experiencing serious growth and expecting to add significant numbers of positions to your workforce? Or are you a VP and know that you'll be hiring 5 to 20 folks in the upcoming year? If so, we urge you to check out our Effective Hiring Manager training. Don't rely completely on HR to find, screen, and ultimately interview your candidates. The hiring manager should be a key person in that process. Of course, the challenge is that most managers don't hire or interview often, so it's not a skill set that they can say they have mastered. Our effective hiring manager training teaches a cohesive approach, organized process, and effective decision-making for making the right offers. Let us come and work with your team so that you don't incur the expense and disappointment of making the wrong hire. Contact Maggie at maggie at manager-tools.com to learn more. Okay. So now we need to talk about a couple of examples. Sound good? Sounds great. So let's go back to the software development manager. You're a software development manager. Your team has been working on a portal screen for logistics folks in your company. And the logistics folks will use that portal screen to both schedule vendor deliveries and determine their own stockage levels. Okay. And it's a, it's a massive system. It goes across all of the company's divisions and all vendors, all products, all raw materials, everything and all manufacturing and distribution, okay? Your boss just told you over the phone that the web interface you and your team were responsible for is being scrapped. And Logistics wants the portal capabilities to be put into an existing Logs app, which is something internal to your company, and it's being developed. The Logs app is being developed elsewhere in the company, but you're still responsible for the interface because you have some UX guys on your team and some gooey guys. I don't know. We'll get too technical here. So how would you deal with that in a Warno? You're in the meeting with your boss. What would you put in your Warno? Here's what it would say. First of all, all caps, Warno, and then colon. Logs portal, which is the work you've been doing, which means the web interface. Um, logs portal moving to Logs app. Cease web efforts. Why? Logs team says speed mobility integration now key. How? Meet 2 p.m. today, clear calendars, discuss plans for change. Okay. Simple. I mean, how many words is that? It's very short. It says, hey, there's a change. You probably figure out, but just in case you're going to stop, we're going to stop doing X and we're going to start doing Y. And here's how we're going to address jumping horses midstream. Yeah. Easily can put it in a text. Yeah. That's how I see this going. Okay. 
Another situation. You're a sales manager, and it's August. You and your team are scheduled to attend a new product training on a product called Raptor on 29 September in about six weeks to facilitate rollout of a new product in Q4, Raptor. New product historical data is baked into the goals of your team, the goals your team has to meet for the end of the year. And you and your team have already booked travel to go to corporate headquarters to support this launch, okay? Your boss just sent you a text. It's not a Warno. He doesn't know about Warnos. Your boss just sent you a text that the launch is being delayed at least a quarter. So not until the new year, right? So Warno example. It would say Warno, all caps, colon, Raptor delayed one quarter. Need new plan for Q4. Why? Packaging says competitor claiming trademark infringement. How? By 4 p.m., we'll send thoughts by email. Respond to me by noon tomorrow with high-level Q4 travel and budget impact. So if you're in the field, if you're one of the sales reps and you get this thing saying you're not going to corporate at the end of September, you realize that the sales calls you had set up in support of the new product are no longer valid and you have to rethink that. Plus, the travel budget that probably would have been increased is now going away. So even if you wanted to make some of those sales calls, you can't and you have to go back to what you would have been doing had you not had the new product. And that will take some time because in sales, maybe it takes you three to four weeks to get on a particular person's calendar and you need to start making those changes now. Uh, and once you have a few hours, 4 p.m. say the next day or 4 p.m. today, with more information, you can figure out what that will mean and send back to your boss by noon the next day some thoughts about which travel you're not going to make, how that'll affect your budget, and so on. And by the way, everybody else will be doing it. And when everybody sends it in, hopefully, you know, this is a case where email one-to-many transmission is really good. I suppose you could do this by text, but I doubt sending in budget and travel changes and sales plan changes wouldn't go well by text. But everybody gets to see everybody else's ideas and guidance, and now everybody can benefit. And part of the reason everybody can benefit is the Warno says this is significant and there are some things that are going to change and here's what we need to do in the interim to be ready for the change. That's great. It's not fancy. Uh, it just provides a little bit more structure so that everybody understands the importance of a text or even a phone call. Uh, now, there are some people who say, yeah, structure's not good. I'm a creative person. I'm, you know, I like to play it by ear. I remind you, as we often do, of the sign you'll see at Disney World and Disneyland, Disney theme parks. When, uh, when something is under construction, uh, Walt Disney once said, terribly creative person, as you might imagine, Walt Disney once said, even creative people need deadlines. You don't get to practice your craft, whatever craft you have, with no limits on your activity. There are limits. And you can't just say I'm creative and so therefore I don't like any structure at all. Now, we don't want to be so bureaucratic that people are locked down. Um, but frankly, in most cases, most organizations aren't anywhere near 
the kind of stultifying bureaucracy that exists in usually only government and maybe sometimes in academia. Uh, so the problem is not too much structure. The problem is the ability to combine speed and structure in a way that's helpful to people so they can take action. And that's where the Warno resides, someplace between speed and structure. It communicates what people's needs, but it does it quickly, allows them to think on their own, and it means that whatever plans you come up with that are in response to this will be that much better because there'll be more smart heads, informed heads in the discussion. So when change happens, don't hesitate, communicate, notify your team with a texted even warning order. Tell them what's changed, allow them to think and plan right away because more communication is better and everybody knows bad news like changes doesn't get better with time. All right, my friend, that was great. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, partner. Before we go, though, uh, who do we want to dedicate this, uh, this week's show to? So we're going to dedicate this show to Lisa Moorhead. Lisa is one of the very few, I think less than 100, people who have had a license and have had it since the very first day we announced licenses. Now, there are uh, several hundred people who bought licenses on the first day, but some people have let their licenses lap, maybe, lapse, maybe they came back. But the, the first people, first group of people we're mentioning are people who have had licenses now since it's the start of August, Mike, when we're recording this. Lisa has had a license continuously for the last 12 years, for 144 months. Lisa, we just like to tip our hat to you and say thank you for being part of our community. And we're glad you're here, and we hope you continue to serve you well for 12 more years and beyond that even. Yeah, I don't think people realize. We don't talk about it a lot. It's not all that important, I guess. But, folks, the, the money we, we get from the licenses, we pour right back into the podcast. That's what pays That's what pays for the podcast, pays for our hosting, pays for all the support that's required to, to go into that. So if you wonder what we do with that money, <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> we deliver these podcasts. That's why our mission, it derives from our mission, which is every manager effective, every professional productive. You can't try to train every manager in the world and charge a lot of money for it because the vast majority of managers get no support for their professional development. So you have to do it for free. But if you're going to do something high quality for free, uh, it's going to take forever. So if you want to do it for high quality for free and you want it on a timely basis, you're going to have to fund it somehow. And that's what licenses do, especially if you're not Lisa Moorhead. Please become a licensee, support what she supports, which is this podcast every week for many, many years to come. Thanks again, Lisa. We'll see you next week. So long.